0: guys tonight uh pastor jay sent me a reminder text uh just a couple days ago about being here tonight and he said hey man we're looking forward to you being here and i just shot him back the message you asked for this (laughs) so uh it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting ride tonight but here's what i promise you if you will give me the next 30 minutes of your life i believe god can and will speak to you if you'll just make way in your heart To receive his word. I'm going to speak from the word of God today, and I pray that you will feel encouraged, but at the same time that you'll feel challenged to want to walk closer with God as a result of this message. Amen. It's not going to be a great message because I get to preach it. It's going to be a great message because God has already said it. And so I'm just going to reiterate tonight what God has already said. So if I say something tonight that just kind of Hit you in the wrong place. Don't get mad at from brother. You know, just email me at Jay Sanders and whatever. So on. Uh, just don't don't get after me, alright? I'm just I'm just telling you what the Lord has said. If you have your Bibles with you, let's go into First Corinthians chapter six, verses twelve through twenty. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. If you don't have a Bible and you've got your smart device with you, you can look up scripture on your smart device. It will also be available on the screens for you as well tonight. I can't wait to share God's Word with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 through 20. And again, I love being here. I love college students. Uh, My last child, my baby girl, is a freshman at the University of Notre Dame. And she is the class president for 2027. Um, And I mean, she is deeply involved, leading people to Christ on the campus. It's amazing. So this is probably one of my favorite people groups in all the world as college students because this part of your life is so transitional that if you get it now, you'll have it forever and you can change the world. And so I want to just bless you tonight. Please give me the opportunity to do that with you. Verse number 12 in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and it says this, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord, and will also raise up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make the members of a prostitute? Never! Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Tonight, we're going to talk from the subject, let's talk about sex. Everybody's talking about sex. It's everywhere. Billboards, magazines, your smart device. I mean, if you if if you're reading the Bible app, somebody has to be crazy pictures that just pop up on your app you're just like, Living, this is the Bible app. Why is there this weird picture? There's sex everywhere. Try to watch a streaming series. Try to watch TV. Try to watch the news. Try to try to listen to the radio. Sex is everywhere and everything, and now it's in the school system. Everybody is talking about sex. But have you ever heard of a series on sex at your church when you were growing up? Did they teach it in the student ministry? Did they do a series on sex talks in the student ministry, what you need to know about sex and what God has to say about sex? I'm just afraid that a lot of our Christian students today are ignorant of what God has to say about sex. That's why we see a lot of them living living out liberal sexual lifestyles. And I just I want to help you today. And in this talk today, I'm not coming at you as somebody who is a holy roller and has been right his whole life. I'm just telling you, you'll find out pretty quickly why Jay chose me to talk about sex tonight. And he asked for it. In 2017, the National Health Institute released the results of a study in regards to sexual diversity in the United States. Here's what they discovered. 64% of men and 40.8% of women had masturbated in the last month. So if we did averages here tonight, that means half of y'all, have masturbated in the last month. Now I know y'all are going to be not me, Pastor C, I don't know, never do nothing like that. But we'll see. Did you know that in 2011, 92% of all pop songs talked about sex. Did you know that? 92%. That's a lot of percentage talking about sex. You may tell the well. No, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Some of y'all tease fans may get me. In 1990, a hip hop trio called Salt and Pepper came out with a song called Let's Talk About Sex. It hit. The Hot 100 Billboard Charts. And it peaked at number 13. And the lyrics go like this. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about sex. Well, tonight, we're going to talk about sex. (laughs) So let's go there. Is it is it is it right to have sex before marriage or how does God feel about this? I think we need to get a healthy biblical worldview and framework around what sex is. Let's talk about sex. I want to start off in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, and it'll help us to understand God's standard of sex. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Now Adam knew Eve's wife, and she conceived the four came, saying, I have got the man with the help of the Lord. Now, if you never read that passage you see the word knew, it's an archaic term that meant they had sexual intercourse, okay? So, how does God define sex? Well, let's just ask these questions and answer them. Who created sex? Who is it for? And what is sex for? From a biblical worldview standpoint. Number one, who created sex? God did. Who is it for? It's for a biological male and female in the context of marriage. Well, hold up, lastly, I already disagree with you. Where are the filth corn filth Did you get that from? Let's go back to Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. It says, now Adam, who was a biological male that God himself created from the dust of the earth, it says he knew his wife Eve, in, order that, in, in other words they had sexual, intercourse. of course Eve was formed by God from the rib of Adam. So both of them were created and made in the image of God, and God created the first institution of marriage. So they were married, and they had sexual intercourse. So it was a biological male and a biological female who God put together to have sexual intercourse intercourse. All right? Y'all with me? Now, I'm going to add a term to that. Not only were they biological male and female, but they were also chromosomal male and female. Just in case you try to argue with me about biology, they were chromosomal female and male beings. Amen? And so, what is sex for? All right? Sex is for two things. Procreation, which is reproduction, and it's also for a little fun, a little enjoyment, a little pleasure. There's there's, there's pleasure and enjoyment in that. And I'm, I'm just telling you, as a married man, it's, it's fun to have sex.
1: All right? So
0: many of you are struggling with this concept because you're just like, well, I know I shouldn't have this, but oh man, it sure does feel good. Yeah, sex feels great. It does when you're married. Just trying to tell you, well, I'm not married. It still feels great. But I'm telling you, it feels better when you're married. We'll talk about that. So, sex is created by God. It was for a biological male and female, and it is for procreation and enjoyment. Now, just just an extra added bonus. I want to throw this in. So God creates Adam from the dust, right? The man. He creates the man. And then he creates the female from Adam's rib, puts them together. They have sexual intercourse, and she conceives. And she has a son whose name is Cain. So what's interesting about this first mention of sex in the scripture, it's the first time that God includes a man and a woman to produce life. Because in the first two life forms that he produced in terms of human beings, they were created by him. Now, this new human being, the first human being that was not created with a man and a female is Cain, even though God is still involved. In the process, well, Pastor see where do you get that from? Well, Jeremiah tells us, before we were born, when we were, when God knitted us in the mother's womb, he knew us. So God has always been involved in the creative process of producing human beings. (laughs) And here, we see the first human being made by the union of a married male and a married female. That's the context for sex. So, Pastor Z, I mean, you might as well just close your Bible because, I mean, we get it. No, 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 let me help you out because some of y'all have heard that and be like, well, that's cool, that's, that's nice, and that's good for them, but not good for me. Well, let me help you out. I want you to understand another term tonight that will help us to build our biblical framework around this idea. Does God permit us to have sex before marriage? And it's a word called fornication, fornication. When you look up the word fornication in the scriptures, it's often referred to as sexual immorality. You'll see that term used a lot in the New Testament. It's everywhere. Sexual immorality. You'll also see terms like adultery are also in the scriptures. Now this word that we get fornication comes from a word called porneia. It's a Greek word that we translate into our English language as pornography. So this word porneia, this word that defines what sexual immorality is, is actually translated in our English language as pornography. So does God condone sex outside of marriage before we get married? Well, let's talk about that. Y'all ready? Yeah. I want to give you two notes that will help you grow in this area of your spiritual walk with Christ, okay? I want to help us to really understand the heart of God for us in regard to sex before marriage. I know some of y'all like, man, I hope this time runs out fast. uh, He's he's already stepping on my toes and I don't like it. Two dots that I'm gonna talk about tonight. Don't abuse your freedom in Christ, and don't abuse your body. Y'all ready for this? And this is in the text in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. Don't abuse your freedom in Christ. When you look at verses 12 to 13a, Paul is answering some questions that have come from him, come to him from the church at Corinth. And there are some statements that people have made that Paul is addressing. If you look in your Bibles, you will see that there are quotation marks that are around a couple of statements that you see in verse 12 and 13a. And what Paul is doing, he's actually quoting what was said, and he's giving a response to it. So watch this. In 12, uh, verse 12, it says, all things are lawful for me. So these are statements that are coming out of Corinth that Paul is having to address. And watch his reaction. He says, yeah, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. In other words, what they were arguing is they were saying, we have accepted Jesus Christ, so we are no longer bound to the law, but we are now bound by grace. We have been set free from the law, and we are now prisoners of grace, for lack of better terms. And Paul is saying, yes, you are free from the law, and yes, technically, can you do whatever you want to do? Yes, it's called free will, but is it helpful for you to do everything? He's like, no. No. And then the second statement that said to him is all things are lawful for me. And then he said, but I will not be dominated by anything. In other words, Paul is saying, even if I do the things that I should not do, the issue with that is that it will, it will put chains around my arms and I will become a slave to the things that I do. And I will develop habits that are healthy for me, and, and all I will think about is desire one of those things that God doesn't want and desire for me, and I will not be dominated by anything nor anybody. One of the things that, uh, if you get to know me very well, is I'm not scared of nobody. I ain't never scared. Like, if you want to bring the trouble for your mama, I'll slap your mama and you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm just going outside side with people. Like, if you try to intimidate me, it doesn't work. I get angry when you try to intimidate me, and I want to go war. I don't care how big you are, how strong you are, how tough you think you are. I can find something that can take you out of here. And so I ain't never scared. I ain't never scared. I ain't never. Well, I'm lying. I'm married to a lady that's about five foot three, and uh, she's pretty scary. And uh, there's certain things I don't do. Because I'm scared of that lady. I'm just telling you, she's a bad man with a True story. I was preparing for this message this morning. I'm walking around my couch, and I'm just speaking the message out loud, just making sure things make sense to me. I'm in my drawers and nothing else. I'm walking around the house, and I'm just, I didn't mean to put that image in your mind, but I'm just giving you context. And I am walking around just preaching this message, and all of a sudden I'm around the couch for the fifth time, and I, I noticed this. She just always, wow And I was like, "Holy cow!" And she starts laughing. "I got you, I got you, I got you." And it was my wife scared the bejesus out of me because she's supposed to be at work, but today she worked from home, and I didn't realize. She said, "So, baby, this is what you do every day? Like when I'm at work, you just walk around in your drawers, talking to yourself, like a crazy guy? I need to check you in somewhere?" No, baby, I was talking to Jesus, and I was making sure my messenger was ready. But she scared me to death, but I ain't never scared of nobody. And this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, I will not be dominated by anything or anybody. I will not willingly give myself to my own desires, to my sin, so that it can dominate me. No, I'm going to dominate it. And I'm not going to let sin rule me. I will rule sin and be a master of it. So let's talk about this. Don't abuse your freedom in Christ. In Romans chapter 6, verse 1, it proves the point here that we die to sin. Watch this. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? You died to sin. I died to sin. We died. When we said yes to Jesus, sin, died. Why? why would we want to still live in sin when we die to it? So he's saying, don't abuse your freedom in Christ because your freedom came with a great price. Jesus had to pay it all in order for you to be free. Why would you abuse your freedom in Christ? And then the second thing he says is that you are new, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Watch this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new And the man. so God says, I'm gonna give you a way out. You're a new creation. So don't abuse your freedom in Christ. Do you have freedom and liberties in Christ? Yes, you do. You're not bound to the law, you're saved by grace through faith, not of works. This is this is an act of God, so that man cannot boast. We've been set free, but in that freedom comes responsibility. In that freedom comes the desire you want to please God. Since you set me free, God, I owe you everything. So I want to please you. So don't abuse your freedom in Christ. And then don't abuse your body. Why? I'm going to give you three reasons. Number one, it belongs to God. Psalm 103 says this. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture." So you belong, your body belongs to God. Genesis chapter 3 verse 19 he said this when he pronounces the curse upon Adam when he disobeyed God and the Lord he said this he said by the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for you are dust it's a dust you shall return so your body belongs to God. When we go back in the text here, you'll see this strong statement that comes out in 13b where, where Paul tells us the body is not meant for sexual immorality but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So did you know that God created your body for yourself? And your body is for the Lord. And at the end of it, the goal is that he wants to get glory out of your body. There used to be a song back in the 60s that came out, and it said, it's your thing, do what you want to do. I can't tell you who to sock it to. Y'all yeah, know that song. And, 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 and people fall into that culture, It's my thing, I'm going to do what I want to do. You can't tell me who to sock it to. And God's like, no, 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 no. Your body was designed for me. Your body belongs to me. I created your body. I gave you the very body that you have. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have no body. He says, your body belongs to God. I wish they would have taught me this when I was a teenager. So he says, it belongs to God. And then the second reason why you shouldn't abuse your body is it's a part of Christ as a body chapter 12 verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So your body is a part of Jesus' body. Did you know that? Like you have been grafted into the vine branch. You are now a part of Christ's body. It's not your body, it's Jesus' It belongs to the Lord. So you are a member of But here's something even more beautiful. Did you know that the same spirit that was in Christ is the same spirit that's in you? Did you know that? Pastor Z, where do you get that from? Great question! It's in the text that we read today. Y'all ready for this? Mm-hmm. Notice what he said. It's so beautiful. He says this to us and it becomes so, so beautiful in verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with the price. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Did you know that? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help help you out a little bit. I'm going to kind of wake you up a little bit. Check this out. I want you to imagine for just a second, you got a boyfriend a girl for and you go home to see your parents. Okay? Thanksgiving time, you know, we get that good turkey and dressing and whatever else you eat. And you go home with your boyfriend or girlfriend and you at your parents' house. And y'all start filling the filling and you start remembering the song, that's your thing, do what you want to do, I can't tell you who to sock it to. And you decide to start talking to each other in front of your parents. <laughs> now, now, just spot with your hands, who's going to do that for this Thanksgiving? Who's going to their mom and daddy's house and going to have sex in front of their parents? Nobody? No, no, Nobody's brave enough to do that? Can, can I help you out? If you're having sex and you're not married, you're having sex in front of God. But here's the worst part. Because you're in the world by the Holy Spirit, guess who's in your body while you're having sex? I don't know if that gives you a perspective check or a change of reality, but anytime you are having sex before you're married, you're making God an unwilling participant in your sexual act. You've just taken God hostage. And said, it's my thing, God, I do what I want to do. And God's like, I don't want to do that. That's not your wife, that's not your husband. It's so all God said. No, 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 no. That should not be. I don't want to be a part of your foolishness. I don't want to be involved in your mess. Don't drag me into things that you know you shouldn't be doing. And then, thirdly, it says, it's God's will for your life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1, look at this. It says, finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that you, have, that you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God just as you are doing. That you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That you abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. That no one transgresses and wrongs his brother in this matter. Because the Lord is an adventure in all these things. We, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has called, not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So, can we have sex before marriage? No! Pastor, I don't like that answer. I don't care if you like it. You? No! Don't do it! Well, Pastor, it's hard out here for a pimp. It's hard for a prostitute. Don't do it! Well, Pastor, so you don't understand. I walked to the campus, you know, I walked up this morning with my mind saying, on Jesus, hallelujah, but as soon as I walked out the door, I saw that girl in the tights, man, my mind went on, I heard it was hard out here. Yes! I understand what you're going through. I understand the temptations. I remember what it's like being a college student. Being the big dog on campus, being super popular, and having my pick of the litter—I remember. And as I look back, it's one of the greatest moments of shame in my life. As I look back on that time in my life, I wish I was sitting here doing what you guys were doing when I was in college. I wasn't. I was an athlete, and I was doing my thing. As a matter of fact, if you don't mind, I'm gonna close my time with you guys, just kind of being real with you. So I have three kids. Three. One, two, three. I told you about my baby girl. She's at Notre Dame doing it great. And me and my wife had her the year after we got married. So, like, we got married and I went to work. And a year later, here comes baby girl. But I had two sons before. I had my daughter. Now, if you do the math, we got married. A year later, we had my baby girl which means I had two kids before I ever got married. One was born to me in high school. One was born as a result of a college student. And so I have two sons. I don't have one. That's why I speak to you with a tender heart tonight. I'm not judging you with, a, with an unreasonable expectation. I understand what it's like to be you. But if the word doesn't convince you that you should trust God with the area of your sexuality. Can I give you some practical reasons why you shouldn't do it? Both of my children were born. And I I wasn't with their mothers. And their mothers started dating. Like they would. And in both cases, the mothers experienced physical abuse from the men they were dating. So both of my boys separately had to live with. I didn't didn't think that would happen. I was just having fun. Let me give you some practical reasons why you should trust God with your life in the area of sex. It prevents unintended pregnancies, which can lead to unintended consequences such as child support, baby mama or baby daddy drama, or exposure to the wrong people. Because when you create a situation like that, you don't get to control what happens. I have a relative who had a child, and I remember I was living in Houston, he came and brought that little girl, she was a baby at the time, to visit. And about a couple of years later, I got the phone, call. she was dead. I said, what? She died of shaken baby syndrome from her mother's boyfriend. So you don't get to control that. You don't have a say in that. It's an unintended consequence. Second thing that it prevents it, it prevents unintended STDs. You don't know what people got, and the more you mess around, it's like playing Russian roulette with your body. And some of these STDs you can't get rid of. They're there for life. So then if you get your life together, you get right, you decide you want to date somebody and marry them, now you, they're at risk, And you've got to be responsible towards that person. So it prevents unintended STDs. And lastly, it prevents unintended connections. And the text, remember Paul was arguing, why would you connect yourself with a prostitute? Don't you know that the two become one, the two flesh become one? Wish. See, when, when you're having sex, when you're living in sexual immorality, you don't realize this, but you're making connections with the person that you're intimately involved with. And you just think it's for fun. no strings attached. Let me tell you a lot of strings come attached with you. You can lie to yourself and say no strings attached, but there are strings attached. There are emotional strings that can be attached. There are physical streams that can be attached. There are mental streams that can be attached. And when you give somebody the most sacred part of you, there becomes this connection. And it's hard to break it. Have you ever been in a situation sexually or in a relationship that you've been messing around with somebody and you tried to break it off and you found it hard to break it off with them? And and then when you walk away, all of a sudden you're by yourself somewhere and you start thinking thoughts oh, man, I remember. And you still feel that tug in your heart to want to go back to that, even though it's no good for you. So practically speaking, living a life of sexual liberality is no bueno. It's not good. Truthfully speaking, paying child support for two kids, I spent over $100,000 in child support payments to my kids. Do you know what you can do with $100,000? Now, thankfully, the scripture came true. For we know that all things work together. For the good of them who love God and the called according to his purpose. I prayed and I cried for years. And I said, "Lord, it sucks that I don't have my kids all living in the house with me. And then the Lord called me to move from Texas to Tampa. And I said, boy, that sucks even worse. Now I don't have access to them all the time like I used to. And within three years of me moving here, all my kids lived under my roof. Full time. Full time. And the Lord heard my cry and he answered my prayer. Let me say this to you. God's not saying no to sex before you're married because he's mean. He says sex is not good for you. He says no sex before marriage because he is good to you. It's for your benefit. It's for your good. It's to give you a future. So God is working on your behalf when he says no. So here's the deal. When it comes to sexual immorality, let's talk about sex. Some of you are struggling with pornography addiction. You know it, and I know it. You're watching porn, and it's easy to watch it on your smart device. It really is. And you're struggling with it, and you know you are. God says it's not good for you. Some of you are actually sexually active right now. If we're being real. I've sat in many of church services when I was in college, and I was you know, having my fun as I thought the night before I was having fun and I was going to have some more fun after I got out of church some of you are here tonight you're doing the same thing God says, it's not good some of you are struggling with homosexual tendencies maybe you're actively living a homosexual life now can I say this to you? God's not going to judge you more harshly than he's going to judge the person who's guilty of heterosexual sin. Sexual sin is sexual sin. And God says, it's not good for you. It's only going to bring harm and damage to your life. Some of you are into some stuff that I don't even want to mention tonight. Sexual. And God said, It's not good for you. It's only going to harm you. It's going to carry a burden in your soul and weigh you down. So, as I close tonight, here's what I want to say to you. My brother said it so eloquently in his testimony tonight Jesus didn't die so you can just have sex with whoever you want to, whenever you want to, however you want to, and there's no consequences for it. That's not why Jesus died. Jesus died because he loves you and he wants you free from sin and the result of sin. Here's what the Bible says. We have all sinned. Welcome to the BCM. If you're a sinner, thank you for being here tonight. We have all sinned and fallen short of God's expectation. And here's the sad news for you and me the consequences, the wages of our sin is death. But here's the good news. I don't want to stop there. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. What is by grace you receive? Through faith. By You can't earn this. God just freely gives it. And here's the beauty of it. Pastor Sidney, I want to receive this gift, but I'm so jacked up. I, I got to get my life cleaned up. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you have the power to clean up your life, you can be cleaned up by now. But obviously you don't. And neither did I. Here's what the Bible says. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let him do the cleaning. Don't do it yourself. Let him do it. He has plenty. him up on that cross. They were mocking him. They'd already beat the tar out of him. He's on that cross. And as he's dying, he looks up to the Father and says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because the Father had to turn his back. At him because Jesus represented you and me in that moment. And here's the beauty of it. While Jesus on the cross, your name came to his mind. While he may have been tempted to get off that cross, he said, no, 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 I can't do that. Jacob needs me. No, I can't do that. Melissa needs me. I can't do that. Zach needs me. I can't do that. Pastor Z needs me. If I don't do what I'm doing right now, they will bear the consequences. And it will be the full wrath of God which none of them can stand up under. And so Jesus died. place for the barn to. I love that it was borrowed. It's like a hotel room. He checked in, and three days later, he checked out. And he was a gentleman about it. He, he just up his clothes and left. And he did it because he loves us. Tonight is your night of freedom. I declare freedom over this place today. Today is your night of freedom. You've been struggling with sexual addiction. In whatever form it is, if you're not married, it's not good for you. If you are married, and you're having sex with somebody other than the person you're married to, it's not good for you. And so God says this. He said, come out of that sexual sin of It's time to put it into this. And so here's what we're do. I'm going to pray and we're going to open up the altar. And I want to challenge you be brave, be bold, and come out of sexual sin. Tonight is your night of deliverance. Don't hide in this place today. God knows your name, He knows what you did last summer, and He knows what you're going to do tonight. He knows every detail about you. He said, Come out of the darkness and walk in the light. Will you accept that challenge tonight? I wish to God somebody when I was a teenager would have made this challenge of me. Because my biggest regret is that I give my bride the honor of carrying all my children. If I could do it differently, I want my sons just who they are with their unique personalities. I would just, would have rather have them with her. And I wish somebody to challenge me for you, the word of God. The challenge has been issued when you respond tonight, Let me pray for us and we're going to open up the altar. And we're just going to lay those things down. I don't. You don't have to come up to the altar and tell me what you're doing. Jesus knows. Lay it down before you. We're not going to embarrass you in that way. But surrender to tonight.